Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com wondersuite. That's bluehost.com wondersuite. Straw Hut Media. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Better Together. Well, I mean, we, you know what? I think you were just describing a word radtastic. We have a radtastic guest on today. Lisa Billy always was with us. She brings her radical confidence to Better Together and teaches us how to have it, even when you don't. You know know what? And I thought she, what she does is share about, you know, doing things that you don't know what you're doing. You don't know how to do them. You don't know what is going to push you forth, but you don't pay attention to the things that are in your way from doing something that go for you. You do it anyway. And, and that becomes your teacher and that builds your confidence. And you know what? It's sometimes it's not easy. She talks about how difficult it has been to go from being a housewife to being a woman who has a billion dollar company, by the way. Billion dollars. and who can say that? You've got to listen to the show because she is um, she's a, she's an inspiration to us. I think I might overuse that. Well, the word, term. But I mean, really... it's really interesting to learn how to just fake that confidence yeah, exactly. if you don't have exactly. it. And by the way, that's one thing that if I could tell my younger self, you you always think that everybody knows more and is smarter, and they're not. Yeah, like ninety nine percent of the gig is do so it anyway. It, yeah. So if you just go into things with that confidence and and fuck it you yeah. know and this is what this episode talks about so Amen. listen and, yeah. and and get those tips you got it we're better together with Ann and Heather okay everybody hello hello welcome back and thank you for being uh, with us on Better Together with Ann and Heather today I I'm so excited to tell you that Lisa Bilyeu is on our show. She is one of the most spectacular women. I would like to say that she is radical. And when I was thinking about what radical meant, um, I think what you do for women is take the mundane of them and offer an opportunity through what you do and say for them to become spectacular. And by with your show, with your podcast and with your energy, you really encourage the best in female. And I just I just so appreciate that. Um, that. Yeah, I'm just going to give the formal introduction for those of you who don't know Lisa. Today, we have Lisa Bilyeu on the podcast. She's the co-founder of Quest Nutrition. And in 2016, she founded Impact Theory with her husband, Tom. It's a media company that has a mission that is similar to our podcast, I think, spreading knowledge and helping people 
people develop their passions and make their mark on the world. She's also the host of the podcast Women of Impact. And this show features women who have overcome incredible hardships to achieve massive success. Also not far from our mission. Absolutely. I was so, so lucky to welcome. be on the show. We're so welcome. happy to welcome. have you here today. Oh my God, I'm so happy. I feel like I need to do the whole singing like better together with Dan and Heather. The most important thing, the reason we have you here today is to talk about your latest project, which is your new book that I just finished reading and it is oh. fantastic. It's titled Radical Confidence. And I think that we're gonna pull from that book in our question of the day today Perfect. and literally pull Lisa's words and ask the question, how can you still have confidence even when you have insecurities, are vulnerable, or just feel like total shit. So that's, that's <laughs> we're gonna get that's to a that. question that we promised by the that's end of the show. That's taking and making us spectacular. Answer that question. So welcome to the show. To the show. Oh, thank you guys so much for having me. Do you, so um, you want me to answer the question? Well, I, I mean, I, sure. I, yes. yes, we can get right you into get it. Right into oh it? no, 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 no! I, I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure. I will follow your ladies' lead. You guys are so amazing, by the way. I freaking love. I think you. we're going to get to the answer by the end. Well, I would like to. I, I well, first of all, I was so lucky to be on your show, and I'm I, I'm so inspired by you and what you do. You, you've come through so much, and I think we want to hear what your story has been because it is such a story of success. But let's start with your book because it's so important right now. And what made you write it? And what does the title mean to you? Oh, thank you. So, guys, I I get asked a lot, where do you get your confidence? Lisa, we want confidence like you. You know, you get in front of the camera. You always show up. And it's like, I really want to know. And guys, I was like, who are they talking to? There's no way they're talking to me. Because if you heard the voice in my head that constantly tells me I'm no good, the voice in my head that is like, what on earth are you doing? The voice in my head that is completely insecure and feels embarrassed and wonders, you know, if I show up today, am I going to freeze? All of that insecurity is still very real to me. And so when I think about what people see, and why they think it's confidence is what they see is someone that moves forward, someone that still steps in front of the camera. Now, that's what I call radical confidence. It means that I'm still fearful. It means that I actually am sometimes completely inadequate to take on this new task, but I do it anyway. So let's take the book, for example. At this point, I come, um, I get approached to write a book. I've already um, sold a company for a billion dollars. I've created Impact Theory where we've got over 500 million uh, views on our content. And the very first words out of my mouth when I got offered this a year and a half ago was, who on earth would, who on earth would buy a book from me? So I, it's so important to know that I don't look at the insecurities. I don't think about that as dictating who I am. What I do look at is, do I show up? Yes or no, that's binary. And so when I have insecurities, when I have the fear, I say, how do I do this even with this like looming inside me. And so that where, that's where I wrote the book. It's 10 steps on becoming the hero of your own life. So when you're afraid, as you guys know, it's one thing to go, okay, I know I should do this. It's another thing to actually do it. Yeah. And so telling someone, just do it when you're afraid, it's fine. It doesn't help the people who are like me, where like you have that crippling anxiety um, that makes you feel badly about yourself. So I said, okay, 
instead of listening to the voice in my head that's telling me I'm no good, let's call that the ego, let me focus on the goal. And that's where I started. When people say to me now, like, I want your confidence, what I say to them is, you want confidence to do what? Because it's the end goal we need to be focusing on. Well, right on the goal. Oh, I was just mm-hmm. going to say, like you guys, right? Like, I don't want to project, but anytime most people, when they're starting a podcast, it's like, I've never done a podcast before. I have no idea what I'm doing. So the idea isn't to be perfect that first day. The idea is, okay, I want to start a podcast. I don't feel confident. So what's that first step in doing a podcast? Maybe I just have to press record and never release the episode. Maybe that's your first step. And that's how you eventually get to actually releasing a podcast. I think we did that. <laughs> and that's amazing, yes, right? Be willing to fail. Be, be willing to make the mistake. If you're if you're not willing to yes. make the mistake and learn from it, we say the mistake is the messenger. Like, look look at those things as learning um, abilities. But also, can we go back a little bit? You have a billion-dollar company. And that in and of itself is kind of a phenomenal thing to have on your resume. Can you, (laughs) how did you do that? What is your company and how does it feel to be that wealthy? Okay. (laughs) Wow. I didn't see that last question coming. All right. I I love the curveball, Anne. I love the curveball, homie. Um, Okay. So. I married my husband. We both wanted to make movies. So we moved to Los Angeles. He's American. The dream was to make films. We both get jobs on movie sets. I literally, it was like a dream come true. I can't believe I'm on a movie set. This is the most exciting thing. And in between the take, one of the actors, I won't say who it is, but one of the actors threw a matchbox at me because they were annoyed. Wait, what was your job in the movie? How, what, can you explain what, the, what was your position? Were you producing a movie? No. So I know I wish I was literally so I'd come on as a PA and I was taking care of one of the celebrities. That was my job. Now, I did such a good job. The celebrity ended up like he was going to quit. And but because I was very like they liked me, I kind of they tongue in cheek say say that said that I saved the movie. But I was just very reliable. Let's just put it like that. So I was oh, very. Come on, you got to tell us the movie. No, you got to tell us oh, the movie. No. Tell us the movie. We won't tell the actor. <laughs> just the movie. <laughs> no, I'll tell you the person I was looking after. How about that? Perfect. So I won't tell you the person that threw the matchbox at me, but the the person I was looking after was Ossie Davis. God rest his soul. He's now passed away. So Ossie Davis, as he was getting older, he was finding that he was forgetting his lines. And I'm this literally, I'm this young Brit who doesn't have an experience on set and is just like falling in love with Ossie Davis as a human. He's like such a sweet man. So as he kept forgetting his lines, the director and producer kept coming up to me, asking me to be the one to subtly tell him and help him practice his lines. Because they're like, if you say it, Lisa, it won't seem threatening. And you've been so sweet in offering so many things of whatever he needs. So maybe you're the right person to help him learning his lines. And so anyway, I built this massive bond with him. We got along so well. He's such a wonderful human. And so by the time, like he was only on set for like a week or two. So my job was very short. So I only planned to be on set for a couple of weeks. But once he went off, the movie had a massive continuity error, massive continuity (laughs) error. And so they immediately call me because I'm so detailed to um, 
like obsessed with detail and they noticed that in the two weeks that I was there they're like Lisa we know you probably don't know anything about continuity but do you mind coming and helping so I was like oh no of course not that this is a dream come true of course I'll come back so I go back to set I now jump into continuity I've no idea what I'm doing but this is what radical confidence is oh my god I love this literally (laughs) it's like I have no idea what I'm doing so I don't have the confidence it's not like I'm like I can you know oh I know what I'm doing no no but I didn't let the fact that I didn't know stop me so what I did is and I just went in as the student and I said okay what is the principle of continuity make sure that each shot has the same pattern great I don't know what I'm doing but I can make sure this shot has the same pattern of clothes coming out of the drawer than the shot beforehand So I just break things down to the fundamentals. When I break things down to the fundamentals, I now eliminate that fear part of me that holds so many of us back. Because I can say, I may not know about continuity, but I just know this one shot that they have to do the same pattern over and over. And so when you can break down massive tasks like that to like these small little things, it becomes way less petrifying. Okay, so, so this, we're, we're, this she's is, been radically confident this is an and, and giving us a lot of tips. Okay, confidence. perfect. If anyone had ever sat me down and told me, you'll spend eight years of your life as a housewife, it won't be that bad. You'll just lose your confidence, lose yourself and squash all your hopes and dreams. I would have run screaming from the room. Yeah. Unbelievable. You're First from of all, that, love your honesty from that too. to where you are now is really an inspiration uh, for, for people to for people to hear. But but so talk a little bit about that time that you were that you were home. You were helping to support your husband Tom as he was building this business that very early on you were pulled into as well to help build so yeah well that was actually before so this was all prior to quest so our goal was to make movies we'd had the dream we came to america we were going to make movies my dream was to be the first female to win academy award for directing um catherine bigelow beat me to it but um (laughs) but that was a dream in a way so I, I, when I met my husband, we had these massive dreams. So when we came here and we had these bad experiences on film sets, I literally turned to my husband. I was like, my heart is crushed. I want to be in Hollywood so badly, but I'm the only thing I'm not willing to give up is my own dignity. I'm not willing to let an actor throw a matchbox at me. And if that means that I now can no longer fulfill my dream, then that is then so be it. But I won't allow someone to disrespect me like that. And so my husband at the time, at the time, my husband was like, oh, well, babe, why don't we just make our own money? And then we can just finance our own films. Sounds easy. That's that's easy. (laughs) (laughs) How'd you do it? That's radical confidence. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) The naivety of the beginner, right? So the goal was in that time, okay, no BS. What would it take to go all in to make enough movies to make Uh, to make enough money to make movies. So that's actually something I talk about in the book, playing the game, no bullshit. What would it actually take to achieve this? So my husband had this offer to go with these two entrepreneurs to build a company. And when they make enough money and the company does well, they'll sell it. And we're all going to be convinced that we're going to make movies with this money. And what, what was the business? It was a tech company. It literally was like, we're just building the company to make enough money to make movies. So my husband goes along with these two entrepreneurs. And so we played this game. And at the time, 
we said, okay, who's the most successful business person we know and how do they live their life? Because if you look at someone, it's easy to say, oh my God, I want to be like Oprah. But then when you actually look at what Oprah has to deal with on a day to day, the reality of it is very different. So we said, okay, what is the reality of how one of the most successful people in on business lives their lives? So we looked at Steve Jobs at the time. Now, if my husband just read an interview where he talks about that he, <clears throat> you only have a certain amount of decisions that you can make in a day with utter clarity. So he doesn't waste it on things that, um, um, that don't matter, like what clothes he's going to wear, which is why you always see, saw Steve Jobs in jeans and a black top. He never took even a second to, um, to spend time or energy in deciding that. So I, so me and my husband thought that was genius. We're like, oh my God, this is perfect. Babe, I'll make all the decisions on everything else in our lives and you go out and work and you just, that's all you focus on. I'll decide on where we live, what we eat, what clothes you're going to wear. And I can do this for a year. A year, that's easy. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors, and add blocks. No custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise, and with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to Bluehost.com slash Wondersuite. That's Bluehost.com slash Wondersuite. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Now, what ends up happening is what you sacrifice and you say, hey, I'm just going to do this for this long. It's not going to be that bad. But what happens is you make these small little choices over and over and over. Now, you, we all laughed right at the beginning. Yeah, I'm uh -huh, going to make enough money in a year to make movies. So, of course, what ended up happening was for a year, I was putting my husband's clothes out for him. He would wake up. The clothes were next to him. He would go to the gym. He would come back. His clothes were waiting for him. He would get out of the shower, head to work. I'm handing him his lunchbox. He gets back. His dinner's on the table. I very much thought I felt really good about being this other half to this big goal. 
But because I was brought up as Greek Orthodox, very traditional, I was told my whole life I would end up being married with children. We all know how the power of belief affects how you show up every day. So as I'm starting to live this life of being a supportive wife, my background, my heritage, my belief just confirmed that that's where I would be anyway. Did, was it fun for you at all? Did did you enjoy that process with him? Or I mean, it not sounds at like all. It was a, a, no. For the so, first year, though. So in fact, Anne, this is a great question because how many times do we justify what we're doing? And we find reasons for it to be exciting. We find reasons to have the joy. Now, sometimes that is wonderful because when you have like it's gratitude, right? When you're in a moment of your life that things are really going badly, that you're not happy, having gratitude is beautiful. It reminds you of all the amazing things in your life that if you're becoming um, fixated on the negative, if you're becoming fixated and feeling like a victim, gratitude can pull you out in the most beautiful way. But in that same note, a year, two years later, three years later, using gratitude kept me there because every time I was unhappy, every time I realized I was losing my hopes, my dreams, my desires, every time my mind went to go there, that massive part of me was saying, who do you think you are, Lisa? You're so ungrateful. You're, oh, what? You're bored living a mundane life when you, know, when you have a husband that loves you? You know how many people don't have a partner that love them? Oh, Lisa, sorry, you're bored and you have a roof over your head. You know how ungrateful you are when other people don't have it. So the gratitude piece that was keeping me to get energized and stay in line with my goals and my dreams and my desires started to force, not even force me, but it gave me a new perspective where I started to dismiss how unhappy I was. And now how many people do we know where we dismiss our unhappiness because we think we shouldn't ask for more? We can't ask for more. How ungrateful are we? Huh. And what was the communication like with your husband during that? I mean, it was it seems like it was a system that you were in that and were you communicating about it or? No. And that's uh -huh. the thing. I wasn't. And when I look back and I think about why I wasn't communicating it, that was me. That wasn't a him thing. It was I didn't think that I, I had the right because I didn't feel like I was grateful. He was going out and working 12, 14 hours a day. And you didn't recognize that you were, too. Right. No, exactly. Yeah. Of 100%. And I think so much of a big part of anything we do is how we feel about the acts that we do. Yes. So right now, if there are people that are listening, where it's like, oh my God, I love what I do. I love being a stay at home partner. I think that's beautiful. And the whole point of my message in the book is recognizing what life you want and not being held back by other people's expectations and your own expectations exactly. of what life's going to look like. So if you're listening right now and you're a businesswoman and you're a freaking entrepreneur and you've spent the last 10 years working your way up the ladder and you hate it and all you want to do is start a family, then that's what the book is about. It's not about becoming an entrepreneur. It's not about doing this one path that I went on. It's about what life do you want? What traps are keeping you where you are? And me just to be your biggest cheerleader and say, hey, look, you do deserve it. 
it's not going to be easy. But that's why I say the 10 no BS lessons. I'm not here to make you feel good about yourself. I'm here to actually tell you the real freaking hard truth of what it takes to get out of a life that doesn't serve you and start actually creating a life that makes you on fire. It ain't easy, but if you want it, this book really can help you get there. Well, I'd like to read one more part of the book. Hold on a second. I mean, don't you have to kind of change your understanding of intent and purpose? I mean, to me, it feels like you, I mean, you started something because you wanted to make money to make movies, but you were serving a purpose that wasn't fulfilling your souls did that did that ring a bell was he be, becoming successful i'm just i'm curious about the pathway because you obviously had to change your your focus and your destination for yourself i assume i can swear right yep. yeah okay my answer Anne, is fuck yes uh-huh. like Hell yes, you have to change. You have to change what your North Star is so that you can keep showing up every day. And that was what I did. You know, I got so fixated on my North Star being I have to make money to make movies. And so part of the the book breaks it down. It's like you have to have a mission. You have to have clarity on that mission. You have to have a goal. You have to be super freaking succinct on what that goal is. I left it up in the air. I was like, I want to make movies. What the hell does that mean? Like, do I want to direct? Do I want to produce? Do I want to write? Can it be short form? Can it be long form? Does it have to be film? Can it be digital? Can it be animation? Can Like, there's so many variables that until I, like, I didn't grill down. And so that's actually where I start the book is in order to have a purpose, in order to have a mission, in order to overcome all the obstacles you guys are going to face when you go after the life you want. Because trust me, you will face obstacles. There are going to be moments that you fall to your knees. That is inevitable when you try anything new. Now, the question is, how the hell do you get back up when you fall to your knees? And that is exactly it, Anne, is that you need to reframe your purpose. You have to understand what your purpose is. You have to tie yourself to a mission. And if that isn't actually true to who you are, then you're not going to be able to go past it. And that was where I went from not having a mission, having a fleeting idea of what I wanted in life, realizing that didn't serve me, then being thrust into a growth company where I basically told my husband, I'm so fed up of chasing money. That's where it came to a head. Eight years later, I was profoundly unhappy he was profoundly unhappy i call it it was like my own personal fight club because like the first rule of the billu household was i wasn't allowed to ask him how his day was and then the second rule of the billu household was i wasn't allowed to ask him how his day was because he was so unhappy and so in that moment it was like i don't care about money i don't all the things that you think you want in life i was like i don't give a shit i just want my husband back in the book you talk about how when you pulled yourself out of this you i think you called it the purgatory of the mundane yes and the way you pulled yourself out of it was the same way you said you got yourself into it which was little by little which i think is 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 a really good message because sometimes that happens that you don't wake up one day and and make a huge change and you also don't get yourself into that position in one day it happens little by little Exactly. And the the analogy I use is like, you know, the pool floaty where it's like you're kind of like getting a floaty and then you're like kind of sinking. It's kind of comfortable. 
you know. And so it's kind of easy to get in. It's kind of comfortable. But getting out is freaking hard. Like mm. imagine you've got a drink in your hand. Now try and get out of a floaty, right? You're like awkward. And, yeah. and so it's kind of like I think of that as being life. Sometimes you make a little choice. The choice is easy. Maybe it leads to something nice, something comfortable, right? The first like, you know, few months of being a stay-at-home wife was wonderful. I was like, oh my God, I get to do whatever I want. I get to like hang out with my mates and I get to go to the gym. And, you know, it can feel wonderful. But once you're in it, the getting out of it, like it just becomes so much like, oh, this isn't as easy as you think. And now it becomes clunky and uncomfortable. And so how do you get out of it? And thank you, Heather. It really becomes people want this magic thing, right? Tell me the one thing I need to do today. You just have to make one little different choice today. But now you have to do that 10,000 times. Right. Did your husband lose the dream of the movies as he as, was his company becoming successful? So you kind of both both lost the dream together. So in the tech company, because he was so miserable and I said, I just want my husband back. Like when I I am so um, I'm very clear of the order of priorities in my life. My husband comes first, period. I've never been conflicted with that. So when after this eight years, we had like a couple of million dollars in shares and equity in the tech company. Mm-hmm. And so my husband's like, you realize that we don't get this money if we quit, right? Like you have to cross the finish line in order to really see it through. And so we're not the type of people that's like, yes, we built it, give us the thing and we're bouncing. It's like, no, no, we really believed you have to cross the finish line. So we had that discussion. He's like, babe, if we quit now, then we don't cross the finish line. So eight, these eight years, we don't get a penny. And now here's the most powerful thing, Aunt Anne. Just because you've spent eight years doesn't mean, I don't know if you guys play poker, where people are just like, oh, well, I'm all in. You know, it's like, it's so heartbreaking that so many of us think like that. I've spent eight years of my life miserable. So I want to spend more of my life miserable. Like it just, it got to the breaking point. And I think that that's what happens. We got to the breaking point. We were both like, actually money doesn't matter. Like we just chased it for eight years and we realized it doesn't matter. Like we're more unhappy now that we have more money. So we ended up saying, now we're going to quit and we're going to do and create a life predicated on passion and a mission. And that spark, my husband going in and quitting, his business partners realized they were unhappy too. So they then said, oh my God, Tom, we're unhappy too. So instead of quitting, let's pivot. Let's sell this tech company and use it predicated on something that is mission oriented. And that mission oriented for each of their individual, I don't want to speak for his business partners, but for me and my husband, it was predicated on something health related because my husband's mom and sister are morbidly obese. I grew up in a family where my mom was borderline anorexic. And then 15 years later, she swung and became morbidly obese. And so me and my, my, my husband, we were, we can get up every day and fight for our parents, hmm. right? When it comes to the mission, I think it's Mother Teresa or something that said like, no one's going to get up and fight for everybody, but everyone will get up and fight for the one. It was something like that. So it's like, I want to create global impact. But when you need that moment of pull where you're really struggling, where you hit that obstacle, who are you actually fighting for? You have to tie your heart to it. And so for me and Tom, it was very easy to tie it to our family, to see that our mothers, that they're going to die early if they don't take care of their health. Like that's real shit right there. Yeah. So I was like, cool, let's work 
on doing something predicated on passion. But at this point, guys, I was still the supportive wife. So my husband comes home and he's like, all right, babe, we've all decided we're going to make a protein bar. And because right now you're the only person, the stay-at-home wife, in fact, his other wives were, uh, the other partner's wives were, you can actually help. Now, being the traditional Greek wife, I was like, of course I'm going to help, babe. Because remember, at this point, after eight years, I had changed how my identity. And that's another thing. I changed my identity from being the person that was creating a dream with my husband to now being proud as the identity of being the person behind my husband. So I come in, I'm like, oh, help. What do you need me to help you with, babe? And he's like, oh, it's just a small thing. Just ship some uh, some bars off the living room floor. You know, just when we rent a kitchen, we'll have knives and rolling pins and we'll just make some bars by hand. So I was like, okay, I can help with that. Now, what we didn't expect is that Quest would grow at 57,000%. And so we went from what, uh, zero to a billion dollars within five years. We were announced as the second fastest growing company um, in North America, like uh, the second fastest growing company. So it was like we were growing s- just such rapid gra- growth that literally I, I went from shipping bars on my living room floor to being petrified, but our house was up for collateral. So if, we, if the company went under, we would lose the house. So every day I woke up not knowing what the hell I was doing. This is why I call it radical confidence. I didn't have the confidence to keep going. I had no confidence. I didn't know what I was doing, but I had radical confidence, which was every single day I showed up. Oh, this is the problem. Let me figure it out. Oh, today, this is the problem. Let me figure it out. Today, UPS tells me, you know what? I can actually pick up way more packages if you put it on a pallet. And I'm like, okay, thank you. Thanks, mate. I got it. I freaking ran to my laptop and I type into Google, what the hell is a pallet? I want to say something about that that occurred to me when I was reading the book, because there's a there's a balance between radical confidence and 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 you struggling with with confidence. Right. So I I think that anybody else in that position might have been not willing to do all the work that you did and to tackle all the things that you did. And I don't know that the company would have been what it became if it wasn't for you having a lack of confidence combined with radical confidence, right? If that makes any sense, do you know what I mean? Like, uh, because because you weren't you you weren't too big for your britches and said I'm not gonna this is this is beneath me to figure out all this I'm gonna do this this needs to be done I'm gonna do it which takes a certain person to um, to understand that there are some people and I think you talk later in the book that you had to give yourself a talking to that when people came for a meeting that you didn't offer them a cup of tea that somebody else was gonna do that that you couldn't be the caretaker anymore for everybody and you had to like really make yourself be the the boss woman that you are uh, but but early on you needed to be that person that needed to get every single thing done because nobody else was going to take care of it Yes, but I didn't feel, and that's the thing, uh, confidence to me, to me, is that you feel good about it. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. 
From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply right? I didn't feel good about it. I didn't know what I was doing. And so in those moments where, where you're saying people won't necessarily do it, I just think that's what the book does is it hopefully positions things of like, okay, well, this is your life. If you don't want to do it, don't do it. But now having assessed in this moment, I can either face my ego and learn or I can actually say, I don't want to do it. But what is the consequence of saying I don't want to do it? Okay, it means I don't get these bars out, which could potentially mean the company goes under. Okay, with no shame or judgment. Now the great news is you've got those two parallels. You know what you're looking at. You're like, I can either lose my house, which is very possible. I'm choosing to if I don't learn this. Or I freaking learn it. Like it just, it becomes right. to me that binary because I can't do it under emotion because I'm so scared and petrified. And that's why I come up with these strategies of like when you're fearful, when you're insecure, when you have no idea what you're doing. And sometimes rightly so, your skill sets aren't equipped for what you're about to handle. In those moments, what do you do? And if you want to know how you go from being someone that's stuck for eight years to where I am today, it's this. It's not about feeling good about yourself. And that's the thing is that it's in these moments of a challenge. How do you ask yourself the question so that you can have clarity of what's more important? Because the truth is, in that moment, I have every right to say, you know what? This is too uncomfortable. I would rather lose my house. That's my decision. I mean, obviously not my, it's me and my husband's decision, but I don't want people to think that that isn't a valid choice. It is. Can I the ask you about, about an odd, about, like, I'm kind of uh, dumbing out here, but how did this tech company go to be able to make, uh, like, health bars? And were you involved in making the recipes? or They sold because the tech it was about, company. They sold the tech company, I understand, but then you go into health bars uh, because of uh, the, the issues in your family, which was wonderful. Were you involved in that, in the kind of creative, or did no, these guys just do it? Or how, how, how did you get like stuck the with recipe? the recipe? 
What do you mean? Well, yeah, I mean, it was it was it was born of a passion from what I hear from you. Like it was born of a passion to help your family members. And then you you were kind of put into a, a part of the company that wasn't about the, the creative of it. Right. It was the distribution. I know, yeah. but I, 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 I'm just, first of all, I don't understand how the, everybody just all of a sudden makes health bars, which is funny, but but that was a passion of yours and then you weren't a part of it. I'm just confused. No, it's a very important question. So here's the thing. When you're starting a company and people are just like, you know, how do you know? It's like, what is the thing that you need? Like, what is that thing that you need that actually doesn't exist? Because if you need something and it does exist, and now you're just competing with something that already exists. But right. for us and Tom's business partners, we were all really into the health space. And so all the business partners, their wives and me, we were all making our husbands like these handmade protein bars to take to work with them. So here oh. they are all sitting there eating these handmade protein bars made by their wives. And oh. so it's like, oh, this is a need. Now, one of them, one of their wives was very much into the fitness industry, into the bodybuilding industry. So that's why I said everyone did it for their own passion and desire. They loved, so she loved making recipes. One of the other guys was really obsessed with like the nuance of biochemistry and how nutrition affects you. So everyone had their expertise and I was just the wife helping out. My husband was the one who was the marketing genius. So they all had like their, their, their passion. And so for me, I was like, what am I willing to to risk my house on this thing that I believe in because it's for my mom and health. I believe in putting that risk out there, but I didn't know what I was doing. I literally came in like, I'm going to help my husband. And so they were renting kitchens on the weekends. And so I literally was measuring ingredients where they were just like, oh, hey, can you measure three tubs of peanut butter at, you know, 10 grams a tub? All right, cool. So here I am at home weighing the peanut butter. And, you know, we would go there, we would make them with knives. And then because I was a stay at home wife, I was the one that had the time to ship them out. Now, the reason why kind of, I think maybe this is the part of the question, and is it was a product that didn't exist. It was a product that we needed. And so many, everyone was like, it can't be made. We had experts in the field. We had one person, very, very influential in the space, turn to us and say, there's 1500 protein bars on the market right now. They need another protein bar like they need a hole in the head. Right. Now, why did we believe in it? Because we were bringing something new to the table. We weren't just replicating another bar. At the time, the only bars that existed, there were two types. There was one that was full of sugar and they like sprinkle protein powder on top. And they, they can technically on the label call it a protein bar, right? And that's just got a ton of sugar. It's not great for you. Then you got the protein bar B that actually is really good for you nutrition wise, but it tastes like garbage. It's like you need a glass of water next to you so that you can like take a bite and then drink, take a bite and then drink. So we so you had were passionate about the product. You were you were passionate about that. Exactly. Product. Yes, exactly. Uh -huh. And and like the company was passionate. Everyone involved had their own mission. And so those elements to start a new company were what gave us that prope uh, propelled um, forward so quickly. And then my husband being the marketing genius saw the potential of Facebook and the idea that we need to make the fans evangelists. They're the ones like, oh, it's not about Quest Nutrition. And up until that point, a lot of companies were making it about themselves. Like, look how good our product is. And we weren't like that. We were like, look at this person that lost weight. How amazing are they? And that's where we started to build community. And that's how we grew so quickly. Did that kind of build you into what, your inspirational speak and, and how you talk now that you were seeing people, people's lives changed? 
Um, that was a very long journey. I was very much behind the scenes. I didn't feel good about myself. I was teased as a kid for my nose. I was bullied for my long Greek name. Um, so I, I had a head brace. So I was picked on in school. So I did, definitely didn't have high health self-esteem. I mean, to the point, I remember when I was 14 years old, I sneaked into my mom's room and like ripped up a photo of myself because it was from the side. Um, I was that, you know, paranoid. And so my whole journey comes from like the whole book where I talk about, I didn't feel good about myself. I still am very insecure about a lot of things. And, but that's okay. I no longer judge myself for it. I no longer think that how I feel and who I am today will dictate who, it doesn't dictate who I can become. And so whenever I face something, whether it's behind the scenes or in front of the camera, I do just have this mindset that I've worked on for the last 10 years and that has gotten me through being this person that never felt good about themselves, that, you know, was always behind the scenes to now being able to step in front of the camera. And that really is that mindset shift of, Oh, I don't know how to do it. Even now, I don't know how to do half the stuff I do. I don't have to write a book. I started writing, you know, I wrote a book, but I've never written a book before. So I had no idea what I was doing. But I know that that doesn't um, equate to that I'll never be able to learn to write a book. So that's the shift. In the, in the book, you talk about um, a CEO who went from being like a single mother with twelve dollars yeah, in a bank Lisa account. Nichols. Yes. And 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 there was a quote in there that you said she said that blew you away and it really yeah. impacted me too. It's, it was something to the effect of don't don't make me so incredible to let yourself off the hook. Yes. Which is like wow if you think about that. Don't don't put me up there to let yourself off the hook. Huh. Because Lisa Nichols, I was still behind the scenes. I was executive producing our content at Quest. So I'd gone from the shipping department. We grew so quickly. I started to learn my skill sets. I started to attach my mission to actually saving people, helping people. So I had a very strong why. It went from losing the house to actually saving lives. That's a freaking powerful mission right there. So every day I'm doing that, we then grow more. I build our studio. My husband has his show and I'm sitting as the executive producer in the audience watching Lisa Nichols and my husband have this discussion. And I'm sitting there in the audience saying to myself, oh my God, she, like, there's not a dry eye in the house. She's so incredible. She's so motivating. Everyone's crying. Everyone's emotional. And I'm sitting there going, oh my God, she's so amazing. I could never do that. She's so amazing. I can never do that. I and think I missed a beat. Where did the show come in? We went from Quest and then your husband got a, a show. I just, uh, for those who don't, don't can't connect the dots. Thank you. Thank you, Anne. So we went from, okay, we understand the power of the body. Quest Nutrition, the protein bar, was really helping people on the body. But my mom was still morbidly obese. And every time I would talk to her, mom, you know, do you want help? Like, do you want, can, I can hire a chef for you because I want my mom to be around forever. Um, and the answer she kept coming to, Anne, was I can't, I'm too old. I can't, I'm mm. too old. So we recognize, oh, to truly help people make a shift in their life, it starts with the mind. People that were in quest bars were only doing it because they'd already made the shift that they believed they were good enough to pick up something that was healthy. What about all the millions of people in the world that don't believe in themselves? How the hell do you help them? Because right now we're sitting here saying we want to help people. Quest is now a billion dollar company. We're saying we really want to help people. But we there's this thing on the mind that we cannot ignore. And so Really, we have to face ourselves. And I, we had to face and say, are we okay with pretending? Or do we actually say, no, no, true wellness means 360, you have to address the mind. So we made the decision, yes, you have to address the mind. My heart 
is in content, right? I had a film degree. So we literally were like, huh, there's this thing called Instagram. They kind of make videos and like YouTube. Like, what if we made like a cooking show on YouTube? So that's where I went from, oh my God, now's my chance. So I went from shipping to I started building a studio inside of Quest. And so inside Quest, I, I have this 10,000 square foot. My first job is to build a set with a kitchen. I'm like, I don't freaking know how to build a set. I went to film school. They don't teach you that. They teach you how to like operate a camera and how to write scripts. So I had my radical confidence tool belt, which was I don't I know now that not knowing it doesn't mean I can't learn. So I put on my confidence tool belt. I went in, went to first principles. What do I need for a kitchen set? I need a freaking kitchen. Who sells a kitchen? Ikea. Great. I'm going to Ikea. So I broke down that. And so my husband then said, babe, I think it's important. We need to do a show based on the mind. And that's where he said, I want to bring in people, incredible, successful people and talk about the mind. So at Quest, we, I built a studio, a set with my husband, and we were bringing guests. So that's where the show came in. Got it. The more I Got hear it. you talk, the more it's, it's really just about removing excuses, huh. right? It's, it's, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's about removing excuses because you can come up with an excuse for why not to do so many things. And, well, and this may sound offensive and I, and I don't mean to, but I, but, but I am really curious the rise in power often. But when you talk about money, when, when we talk about a billion dollar company, I know I personally am like, wait, what? How did that? That's first of all, incredible. And you're talking about building confidence and, and that, that has to be a part of the foundation isn't it i mean i don't know many people who can say they have a billion dollar company but i but was but, that but you're something like that, that you have to be pretty confident if you have i mean once you got to your first million i mean but and then you two and then ten and then <laughs> yeah, one i have right. to ask this for our uh, audience yeah, like, because I'm it's like pretty Lisa, confident now. i mean i don't know i but, love I mean, you I so much people go up to build me a kitchen if i've got a billion dollars and i and i've got to say that because it it I, I want to know what that did to change your life. You started Quest and you had your house on the line. But uh, I mean, how, what was the shift in, in, in you and that had a, a relevance to the financial part of that? And was your relationship, uh, did, it, did it come back together once the money was? Because you set up a lot of, of, uh, of, of things talking about money. And, and I want to address that. I want to yeah, know how absolutely. it changed your life. I'm so not offended by anything, Anne, and I love you for <laughs> asking me that. And that's why I just one million, you know, one million three hundred and seventy-two reasons why I love you. Um, but because it's important, I totally agree. And here's yeah, the thing: I, I think wealth creation can be beautiful, but I also think of wealth like a superpower. You can use it for good, or you can use it for evil. It's all up to the individual. Like literally when people are just like money changes you, no, no, you probably were that person. And now you just think it's okay to be that person because you have money. That's my perspective on finance. But I don't want to bullshit you. It's fucking amazing. Yeah. But here's the, here's the truth. As we were building Quest, so first of all, it's not like I have a billion dollars in my bank account. I want to be very clear. People think of that. But when you have business partners, investors, and then tax, oh God, 40, 50% tax. Anyway, I won't even talk about that. But like when you think, so I just want to make it clear. Now, but 
I'm very comfortable. I'm not I saying. Want, I want to speak to people who work very, very, very hard to make $30,000. A hundred percent. So, you know what I mean? So I, I want to address what that did to your psyche. Yeah. So for 10 years, as we're building Quest, because of all of this, because I was so driven now to never go back to be um, a stay-at-home wife for eight years, I was so driven. I didn't stop for even a second. I thought, and I kind of make a joke in this in the book, that for every hour I was on my grind, I could cash it in for a validation point. Right. How many of us are like, oh, I'm working so hard, right? Because you think that you get your validation, your worth for that. So what I was doing is I was working so hard. I was working 15, 16, 18 hours a day, every single day. I didn't give myself a break. Now, Quest gets announced as a billion dollar company. At the time, it's on paper a billion dollar company. But me and my husband are still driving our Ford Focus that had a hole in the exhaust that when you go over 60 miles an hour, the steering wheel, wheel, wheel rattles. So like with any company, unless you actually sell it, all you have is what you either take out of it or your salary. So what we were doing, we realized just like any business, sadly, we saw with COVID that things can change like that. So what we all decided collectively with the business partners is we would smell a, sell a very small piece of the company. That way, God forbid, right? Someone chokes on the bar or you give them food poisoning. I mean, there's so many different things that could happen. Um, you don't have nothing, you know, the company, you still have money in your pocket. So we all decided that we're going to change. We're going to do that. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals. And the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. So now that's still a very significant amount. We sold like 9%, right? You can do the math. It's a very significant amount. So me and my husband, it's like a dream come true. We've been dreaming about this on all the hard days where you literally are putting every penny into it. You don't have a pen. I wasn't going to Starbucks because I was so, I didn't want to spend $3 because it was $3 we didn't have. And it got to the point where I was missing out on hanging out with my friends so much. I was taking home filtered coffee to Starbucks so I could hang out with my mates. So just to give people an idea of how penny pinching I was back then. So then you cut to, You've now got the opportunity to smell a, sell a small piece of the company. And we hear rumors that it was going to happen on this day, right? So, because it takes months and months and months. So, me and my husband are like, oh my God, this is the dream come true. Like, we've been driving around Beverly Hills and all those really bad nights in our ghetto car that, like, is literally rattling. All those hard nights, we were driving around Beverly Hills saying, one day we're going to get that house, like, holding on to the dream. And here we are, we're pressing like on our phone and our bank account, refresh, refresh, refresh. Because it literally was like one minute, it's just the money's going to hit your account. And it does. It hits your freaking account. 
and it feels as good as you think it will. I just got chills. <laughs> but here's the thing, guys. For five minutes, it was like, then my husband gets up and I'm like, oh, babe, where are you going? He goes, oh, I'm going back to work. We're still trying to impact people. And I was like, you're right. So we literally went, I got, we got back in the car. We go to work. I only tell you drive my mom. Starbucks? No sex. Yeah. <laughs> no Starbucks. <laughs> there was no Starbucks. There was no sex because it was like we had so tied at that stage in our lives to the mission because the success wasn't guaranteed. The success is never guaranteed. So over the years when we were struggling, I really believed in why I was doing it. And so we go to work. The money's still amazing. I don't want to lie. But we go to work. I didn't tell anyone. I told my family. We all celebrated over the phone, whatever. And we still go to work. And we spend the whole day at work like no, no one would have guessed. Like literally, you could ask anyone. No one would have realized what day that happened because we were so tied to the mission. Now, of course, again, I'm not going to bullshit anyone. Afterwards, after the day was over, my husband took me to Cartier. So, of course, I enjoyed it. Now, the important thing is we then got the house of our dreams. So this whole time where we're driving around saying one day, one day, one day when the dream comes true, the dream actually comes true. Now, I'm such an emotional person that I want to tie a dream to an emotion because it's like, how are you going to feel when something happens? So I used to joke with my husband that, babe, one day when we get this, when we have enough money to buy a house in Beverly Hills, I was like, I want a waterfall. I want to do one of those hip hop 90s music videos. I'm going to twerk to you. I'm going to pour Dom Perignon down my body and I'm going to do it under a waterfall. That was a dream. It wasn't even just like, I want a house with however many bedrooms. I was like, I want to twerk in front of a waterfall because that was the hip hop vision 90s girl that I had had you know, in my head. That takes confidence. Can we scroll back <laughs> in your Instagram and find that? <laughs> yeah. So, well, here's the thing. So, we actually get the house. We actually get the waterfall. I'm actually standing there with in the waterfall, bottle of Dom Perignon in my hand. My husband's got the camera and I take a swig. Now, remember how I said I worked 16, 18 hours a day, nonstop, no breaks for 10 years? That does something to your health. And I was ignoring it. And every step, year after year, I was ignoring all the gut issues I had. I was ignoring that I slowly couldn't eat or digest food. I started to ignore that I was having brain fog. I ignored it all, guys, because I thought I had to keep working to get the validation. And of all cliches, guys, of all cliches on this day, this very day that I'm standing there with a bottle of champagne, my body just gave up. It literally just like I, I say in the book, it like as if it like ripped the pulled the emergency rip cord. And it felt like the only way I can explain it is like my gut like exploded. And from that, literally to the point where I was like, babe, I've got to go. Sorry, babe, I've got to run to the restroom. Because I was like, I, I, I literally had no idea what was happening. I couldn't breathe. My stomach was um, excruciating. And I tried to hide it from my husband because I didn't want to ruin the, the party. I didn't want not the party, but like our celebration. That was six years ago. I am still trying to recover. So the worst what, thing. What, what, that what, ever, what was it? What is it? So for a whole year, I had no idea. I couldn't eat. I could eat like four or five ingredients. I could eat beef, lamb, chicken, salt, and coconut oil. 
And that's all I can eat. So who you, like I was 20 pounds lighter than I was now. My hair was falling out from malnutrition. I couldn't even eat our own product. So now here I am. I couldn't eat our own product. And we own one of the largest freaking nutrition companies in the like fastest growing nutrition companies in the world. I was embarrassed. I was ashamed. I hid it all. I didn't tell anyone. I couldn't wear a bra. I couldn't stand up for longer than five minutes at a time. Now imagine what that does to your self-esteem. Your relationship. I love feeling sexy for my husband. I didn't, you know, I, I I couldn't even stand up, let alone allow him to touch me. For over a year, I struggled with intense, crippling health issues. It was like your body knew the moment you could relax. And it was like you. the most, yeah, yeah, the biggest freaking cliche where it's like money doesn't buy happiness. I was like, all right, I get it, and so. In hindsight, in looking back at what it was, it was for 20 years having a very negative um, relationship with food. I was told when I was 15 for my first boyfriend, oh, you're getting a little fat. He pinched my thigh. I went into like panic because I wasn't, you know, I didn't feel good about myself. I wanted my boyfriend to like me. So I ended up having a very unhealthy relationship with food. I didn't know much. I didn't realize that 70% of your immune system is carried in your gut. So I was getting sick because I wasn't eating much uh, fat or carbs. The more I was getting sick, the more doctors were giving me antibiotics. The more antibiotics I was taking, the more it was affecting my my gut lining. And so what I didn't realize was for about 15 years, I was having this like basically antibiotic abuse that then created um, open pores, with which they call leaky gut. So I then ended up having leaky gut. I then had SIBO. I had a parasite. I had candida. I mean, it was like- Oh my goodness. Uh, to the point where literally, and doctors couldn't, didn't know what was wrong. This is all in hindsight. So going back to why I brought this whole story up, to your point about money, Anne, <laughs> it ended up being my health issues ended up actually in hindsight now, and I'm still struggling. I still can't eat um, gluten. I still um, have, a, uh, have to have my food cooked or I have to call a restaurant and make sure I know what oils they have because there's certain things that I can't digest. This is six years later, guys. Wow. So for that whole year where I was so anemic, I couldn't stand up. I couldn't do anything. In that moment, do you think money made a difference? I tried to go to all, I literally tried to, I tried to throw money at the problem, right? In that moment, I'm like, oh, a, a good doctor can fix me. Let me just throw money at it. But what ended up happening is no one could fix me. And I kept going to the best doctors. And what I realized was the most beautiful lesson was I did it to myself. I took the antibiotics. I had the bad relationship with food. And what I was doing is I was looking outside of myself for someone to save me, for someone to fix me. And the most beautiful and empowering lesson I learned was I am my own hero. I have to fix myself. That stopped me looking at how much money can I spend to fix me? It stopped me from looking at, uh, it started making me look at the lifestyle I led and how bad that was and how toxic it was on who I, on my health. And it made me realize, oh, shit, money actually doesn't mean anything. I have all the money in the world and I'm the most unhappy I've ever been, the unhealthiest I've ever been. So why did I want money again? If I can't even feel good about myself. And that, that is where I'm so glad it happened because you want to know how I think about money now. I think of it as being the most amazing utility to having the life you actually want. And the life I want is to create global impact on that 14-year-old girl. And so I think money is being the beautiful facilitator and allowing me to do that.
but I don't give a shit about all the other things it brings because I've already seen on that day. It was like the most cliche thing ever. I saw it didn't make a difference to how happy my life was. And then, you know, I could keep going on about Kate Spade, how many people have like billionaires or millionaires and successful people have to commit suicide before we actually just pause and say, what is it about it? Right. And I'm not the one to bullshit. Money's amazing. It, again, it can be the amazing facilitator. You are on my show, Anne. You've come to my house. I have a set in my house. It's absolutely stunning. Well, well, I, mean, I think we would just want to, I mean, if we could sum it up by saying like, oh, I think purpose is a, is a real, you know, wonderful thing to keep as a, as a priority. Exactly. Um, and I wouldn't mind being a billionaire. I don't know. Can I say that? <laughs> yeah. Can I say uh, that? <laughs> let us know where, where we can learn more about your book. Yeah, thank you guys so much. I was so excited to come on. And, and I just miss you. I haven't seen you in a while. And then Heather, lovely to meet you. Thank you. Let us get it together, please. It's so beautiful to see you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thank you so much. So guys, if you really want to, um, if you want to have a life that really makes your heart sing and you're not there right now or you're not on that path or you're finding struggles on getting there and taking those steps, like this is the book. It's no BS. You know, it's called Radical Confidence. It says the real shit of how I went from where I am to how I am today, how I think every day and all the messiness that comes with it. It's not an easy path. But the truth is, honestly, guys, I don't think of myself as being extraordinary in any way, shape or form. My, I got beat at C's and D's on my, you know, um, in my exams. And so this isn't a, you have to be born a certain way or with a certain mindset. This is a, um, this is how you can think about things on a daily. And it's the little choices in order to get you to be confident in the long run. And can we get that on your website? And but where where are we going to be able to purchase your book? Yeah, so you guys can go pretty much anywhere. So Amazon, okay. Target, RadicalConfidence.com, Lisa Billu, really pr pretty much all, all the places you can get it. Terrific, oh, terrific. Well, thank you so much, Thank you so Lisa. much for being on our show and making us better together. Have a terrific rest of your day. Thank, thank you, everybody, you. for listening. Thank you. <gasps> thank you, thank guys. You. Thank you so much. Good luck with your book. We're better together with Anna and Heather. I feel like we had so much more to, to, to talk to her about. And I, I sometimes get caught in people's stories because I'm so fascinated with how they got there, what it is. And um, I know that the the book is a necessity to read to get to know more about her. But I felt like I could I, I, I felt like there were a few more chapters I wanted to uncover. Well, I think that it's just such an interesting story of hard work. Yes, and that's of true of you know the one thing that she didn't say was how she met her husband she met her husband guess what apartment they were living what? in where does everybody move when they come to LA and wants to be in Hollywood um the OR um the Oakwood the Oakwood I was trying to think of it they met at the Oakwood they that is so Oakwood. funny it was it's like a hookup place and it's also I I also think it's fascinating that, oh, yeah. that she started at the Oakwood they wanted to be in the film industry then you go after money I think the conversation about what money does in our lives and how and also how it shifts and what, what it does to us when we're not being healthy about what that what that need is but that you can change where you go we aren't a, we aren't a, a, a person who has to say, well, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. She talks about how many different changes you can have. Now she's doing a podcast, which is absolutely phenomenal. And I was on it and women of impact. And you need to listen to that. But um, just just how we can change and evolve. We don't have to get stuck in something. And I love that. Well, I, I love that reminder. The, the, keep going. A big takeaway 
is that she made conscious decisions, her and her husband. They really made decisions about what they wanted and where their life was going and really took control yeah. of it. If you think back on her story and what she talked about, yeah. they decided it yeah. was on their terms. Yeah. And it worked out for them. That was a really funny. It was a really funny. We hope you enjoyed it. Thank you, Lisa Bilio, for making us better together. And a big, big thanks to our Better Together team, Ryan Tillotson, Silvana Alcala, Daniel Ferreira, and of course, Ann and Heather. If you haven't already, please subscribe on whatever device or platform you're listening to this on. And as always, see you next week. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.